What's up, guys, and welcome to the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast, a sports ethos presentation. I'm your host, Sam Orlick, with you today talking some Warriors hoops, and man, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's been pretty rough lately. Warriors have dropped eight of their last ten, and after suffering um, some pretty rough back-to-back losses against the Dallas Mavericks and Los Angeles Lakers. But before we get into all of that, hey listeners, please take a moment to follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Follow now. So yeah, it's been rough to be a Warriors fan as of late. Once again, uh, 113-112 to loss to the Dallas Mavericks. This was on Thursday. 116-124 to loss to the Lakers, which was last night, which, was, which would be Saturday, March the 5th. Warriors are now 2-8 in their last 10 games. They've now dropped to third. In the Western Conference, uh, the Grizzlies passed them last night, and they're only three games ahead of the Utah Jazz. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to dig into what are some trends, what are some issues, what are some things that are going on here in this continued stretch of play that just has a lot of people frustrated, upset, pointing fingers, throwing blame. Um, some of it maybe is right, some of it maybe is not. Still no Draymond Green, James Wiseman, or Andre Iguodala. Uh, Clay Thompson missed three of those games. Gary Payton Jr. missed a game. So there's been a lot of different things going on, but I just want to take a minute to dig into some stats. We'll go through some takeaways, talk about some players who have been struggling in particular. So when looking at the last 10 games here, the Warriors, who, mind you, in the season are still first in defensive rating, uh, in their last 10 games, they've dropped to 27th. Only the New York Knicks, Houston Rockets, and Portland Trailblazers are worse. 19th in offensive rating, 23rd in net rating, uh, 9th in turnover percentage, which is actually surprising, 19th in pace, 21st in defensive rebounding, and just over by simply overall record, they are they are the third worst in that stretch of ten games. Again, only the Knicks, Houston, and Portland are doing worse. And of course, free throw shooting. They're currently twenty second in free throw percentage at seventy four percent, and twenty third in free throw attempts per game at twenty one. So yeah, as a team. Just really, really, really not doing a good job. The defensive rating, I think, really speaks the loudest here. 27th in the league. That's just not going to cut it. I'm sorry. In the Western Conference, for a team who has championship aspirations, you have got to be better as a team defensively. And we all know Steve Kerr is a defense-first coach. So... You know, I think before you can really start to dig into X's and O's and talk about, oh, well, 
Steph Curry needs to get back to his normal, you know, 12-6 uh, rotation as far as um, minutes played in, in first and second and third and fourth, which we'll get into later because there's actually an update from Steve Kerr and Steph Curry uh, from today and, and the press conference and the loss in L.A. last night. Um, but, I mean, Steve Kerr is a defensive first coach. And so, you know, forget everything else for a moment and just recognize that the Warriors got out to the outstanding start that they did. They built themselves this cushion to allow them to play so poorly right now and still be the third best team in the West record-wise by their defense. And so for a team who is for a team who currently has number one defensive rating in the season to drop all the way to 27th just goes to show how bad they're playing as a team on defense. And um without Draymond Green, without James Wiseman, and for how poorly they're playing defensively there's such a small margin of error that they're allowing themselves to actually be able to win games because they can't defend on the other end. And so you're basically asking or you're basically requiring everybody to have an outstanding game on offense because there's so many gaps and holes and points that you're giving up on defense on the other end of the floor. And so you know, if the Warriors don't defend or they continue to defend at this 27th worst in the league, um, I mean, coupled with inconsistencies from Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Clay Thompson, which we'll get into a little bit more later, I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me that in this stretch of games, the Warriors have been, you know, the fourth worst team in the league because they've had the fourth worst defense in that same stretch. And so for the Golden State Warriors, those things go hand in hand. Um, you know, th this isn't a, a situation which we've seen uh, many times in the past where Warriors um, where Warriors beat themselves, right? 20 turnovers and, and they just gift the team other uh, free baskets and points off turnovers. And so that's actually been the strangest thing here is turnovers haven't been an issue. In fact, They've actually been taking care of the ball better than they have on the season as a whole. Um, again, ninth in turnover percentage, and I think they're about um, a shade over 12 turnovers per game. So it's really been the defense. Um, defense, and part of defense is defensive rebounding. Again, 21st in defensive rebounding, and earlier in the year they were third best um, currently in the season are currently in the league on the season as a whole, they are fourth best at 35.7 rebounds per game. In their last 10, they're at around 32 per game. Defensive rebounding, it is, we're talking about. So, you know, again, you're not going to see me, you're not going to hear me on this show point fingers. It's not Steve Kerr's fault. It's not Curry's fault. It's not Draymond Green's fault. It's not Clay Thompson's fault. It, there's no one player, really, that we can blame here. It, it's the team as a whole, because the issues are of the team, um, and that's playing defense and defensive rebounding. 
everything else, the offensive struggles, Steph Curry's rotation, uh, Jordan Poole's inconsistencies, Andrew Wiggins' decline on offense, Clay Thompson's struggles offensively, all of that is really an aside, a side note to the main issues here, which is defense, because this team built their success this season and established themselves as a championship contender by competing defensively and when Draymond Green went down you know a lot of people myself included were very concerned about how they would fare defensively without you know the defensive player of the year one of the best defensive players in the league the anchor of our defense and for some time we were really able to mask and hide Draymond, the, the lack of having Draymond's presence on the floor. You had guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney and Otto Porter Jr. Uh, even at times, Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton. Guys were stepping up defensively and we were able to win games. I mean, without Draymond Green, we had that nine-game win streak earlier Um this season and so now we're really past that and the holes of this team are really starting to be shown so again i just want to make it really clear uh before you know we're about to transition and talk a little bit more specifically about individual players and some trends and some issues and challenges that they've been having and some positive notes as well but Again, this isn't calling players out because it's their specific responsibility or fault for contributing some of these losses. Obviously, poor play contributes to a loss. But again, going back to the team stats and the team ratings, I think really speak very clearly. There's a very clear um, correlation between the Warriors rating or the Warriors record in the last 10 games, which is fourth worst and the Warriors defensive rating, which is also fourth worst. And it's funny because the other three teams who have worse records or equally as as bad records as the Warriors are the Knicks, Rockets, and Trailblazers. Uh, and they're the same three teams struggling def- defensively as well. So this isn't really rocket science. Defense wins games. There are plenty of teams that win games on offense alone, but at least for Steve Kerr's Warriors, and I would say at least for most good teams in NBA history who make it deep into the playoffs, into the postseason, who have championship aspirations, you need to play both sides of the floor. You need to have a good defensive group. And for the Golden State Warriors, that has really been their calling card through some of the best years of Steve Kerr, regardless of who's out there on the floor, regardless of how they're doing offensively, they've been able to be a dominant defensive team. And they've gotten away from that in the last 10 games. In fact, they've been one of the worst in the league. Fourth worst. So, all right, enough about that. The defense has been really bad. I don't have an answer for how to fix it. I think, you know, you got to hope and pray Draymond comes back soon. I think Wiseman's going to about turn the corner real quick. Maybe we'll just segue real quick into some injury updates. On March 3rd, Draymond Green was getting in some practice 3v3, but there's no official timetable to his return. But, however, he is traveling with the team now, and he is on the bench. So, you know, it didn't help us win the game in Los Angeles, as far as I know. But just having Draymond out there, 
more energy, more accountability, another coach, if you would go so far as call him a coach from the sidelines, um, that's a positive thing. We need him healthy and we need him back soon. James Wiseman, more or less the same, continues to quote unquote ramp up. Uh, he's getting repetitions in in practice. He's scrimmaging with the team. He's with the Santa Cruz Warriors, scrimmaging with them, but still no official timetable to return. Andre Iguodala remains out with a lower back injury. Hey, guys, so I just wanted to let you know that we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to 100 bucks, plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. So, uh, you know, it's it remains to be seen. It's unclear if we're going to get reinforcements back in the near future. My guess is no. Uh, I think it's going to be a few more weeks till we see Draymond Green and James Wiseman return to this team. So, you know, short of the Warriors really pulling their head out of their ass and and getting the defense locked in again as we know that they're more than capable of even without Draymond Green um it's gonna continue to be a slugfest it's gonna continue to be a challenge it's gonna continue to get ugly and in speaking of that one of the big things that's been an issue for the Warriors uh has been Andrew Wiggins and his offense so you know all-star wigs I have been a huge fan of Andrew Wiggins from um, day one, he was traded to the Warriors, so I'm not here to put Andrew Wiggins down. But in the last team, in the last ten games, Andrew Wiggins has only posted a positive plus minus in two of those games. He is shooting 41 and a half percent on field goals and 39 percent on free throws. He is still scoring 14 points per game and hitting just a shade under two threes, but he hasn't scored 20 points or more since January 31st, and the time he did that before that was the 29th. So two-way wigs, huge part of this team, especially without Draymond. He continues to play well defensively. Uh, He continues to, you know, be available, which is very important, but the offense has has really floundered for him. Um, He just hasn't been there consistently. He's still putting up, you know, 10 to 18 points per game, but in those moments in these close games that we've lost and we've needed a bucket down the stretch, I mean, the fourth quarter has just murdered us in this last stretch of games against the Lakers, against Dallas. Um, we've just had the ability to hang in games, to hang in there, and then nobody can execute in the fourth. And that goes for Wiggins. And so one of the things that had really vaulted us into the top of the standings in the West was Andrew Wiggins and his ability to get big buckets for us when we needed the most. We would post him up in the low post. He was very effective. Um, He was making free throws at a reasonable rate. And so that has really flipped. He has disappeared virtually um, at the end of games. He's lost his confidence in his free throw stroke, which has likely impacted his aggressiveness attacking the rim. 
uh, settling a lot more for long twos, which, you know, mixed results there. Um, and so that, that has really hurt us. Again, going back to the point I made before, which is really the key takeaway of this podcast and the struggle for the Warriors, if the defense isn't there, then there's a very small margin of error for the Warriors to win games. And so inconsistency from Poole, Wiggins, and Clay Thompson is going to be, it's going to make it very hard for the Warriors to execute and come out victorious against good teams. So that was Andrew Wiggins. Let's talk about Clay Thompson. Now, Clay, you know, he gets a little bit of a pass here, still trying to come back from his injury. And I mean, this is going to be a process. So again, I'm not here to throw shade at Clay Thompson. I love Clay. He's my boy. We just, this is what we do in, in the, in the good times and in the bad times, we're going to break it down and call out the numbers and the things that need to be mentioned. And so unfortunately Clay's up here on this list because Clay's struggling in his own right. Um, he's only shot above 50% from the field in two games out of the last 10. And in fact, in those two games, the Warriors won. Um, mind you, he sat out three of those. So in the last 10 games in which the Warriors are 2-8, and eight, Thompson has played in seven of those games. And out of those seven games, in the two games that he shot above 50%, we've won. Um, so what does that tell you? <laughs> if Clay Thompson's scoring and shooting efficiently, we win. Oh, who would have thought? Um, so Clay Thompson, you know, struggling from the field again. We saw this earlier in the season when he first returned. And what do you know? We were losing games back then too. So when Clay Thompson is a volume shooter from the field, and when Clay Thompson's a volume shooter, he is taking tough, tough shots. And and not even necessarily threes. He loves to take the highly contested turnaround jumpers with a hand in his face and the dribble terminated or the the step back long twos that are also contested. And and I'm not, you know, these are good shots because when you're playing the, the Milwaukee Bucks, in the finals and Chris Middleton's draped all over Clay Thompson, that's going to be the shot that he's going to need to go to, to put the game out of reach in game seven. So I'm okay with that. But right now <laughs> it's hard to watch and, and it's hurting us because he's taking these highly inefficient shots or, or inefficient for him right now. And he's not making them. And the other teams typically running those back into layups. So, Again, if Clay Thompson was shooting better, that would certainly help because at least in that small sample size, in the two games that Clay Thompson has shot well in the last seven he's played for their last 10, they've won. Um, on a positive note, though, he's averaging 3.3 assists in those seven games. So I really like that. We talked about that earlier this season when Clay Thompson first came back, how he was doing a lot more facilitating than we've ever seen him done previously as a warrior. So that trend has continued. Now, um, he has kind of upped his turnovers, which kind of, you know, which is kind of to be expected. But again, back to my earlier point in the last 10 games, from a turnover percentage perspective, the Warriors are actually doing very well, ninth best in the league. 
So I'm not upset about that. I like the I like the assist. I like the playmaking. It adds another facet to his game. Um, so that's a really good thing. Uh, Clay Thompson has posted a positive plus minus in three of his last seven games. And he tied a season low of seven points last night versus the Lakers. Moving on, Jordan Poole, another player of much controversy for the Warriors. Poole has been under the microscope as of late. Um, His minutes are down. He's only played 30 minutes or more in two out of the last 10 games. Um, Last night against the Lakers, and then nine games ago against Utah. So the minutes were down. He was getting a lot of criticism from the coaching staff, even though he is arguably the third most gifted offensive player on this team. And yes, I'm going to put Jordan Poole ahead of Andrew Wiggins as far as ability to score. I think, well, first and foremost, Jordan Poole is a better shooter than Andrew Wiggins. I don't think anybody would disagree there. Maybe from three-point range, if you just look at those numbers, Andrew Wiggins has a higher percentage on the season. But the fact that, you know, Andrew Wiggins can't hit a free throw to save his life and Jordan Poole's leading the league in free throw percentage, I think I'm going to give the edge to Poole there and, and just let that be. So again, Jordan Poole struggling for the Warriors, trying to find his role, trying to find the balance between backup point guard, offensive facilitator, bucket getter, and play defense, um, and help us win games. And he's been struggling. But he, as I mentioned, leads the league in free throw percentage, better than Steph Curry, shooting 93.5% from the foul line, but not very many attempts. In the last 10 games, he has one game with six attempts, one game with five attempts, and two games with four attempts. So you really want him getting to the line more. And he tries, for sure. Um, he gets, he doesn't get a lot of whistles. He takes a lot of contact and doesn't get to the foul line. So that's going to be some growth for him, is finding ways to initiate or draw contact more consistently so that he can get to the foul line more consistently and kind of just overall help his offensive approach and not be so reliant on whether or not his threes are going in. Um, A positive thing for Jordan Poole, in the last 10 games, he has posted a positive plus minus in four of them, uh, which is better than Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. And in his last two games, he has 23 points. So, Very much positive right there. However, again, talking about the main point for this Warriors group, defense and small margin of error. So if you can't put together Klay Thompson shooting well, Jordan Poole attacking and scoring, and Andrew Wiggins doing the same, it's not enough to win. So it's good enough to get an early lead in the second quarter. Um, maybe even a lead in the third coming out of halftime, but come crunch time in the fourth quarter, nobody can score or score efficiently. 
and the other team takes off on a big run. The lead dwindles, and we lose the game. Moses Moody. Uh, if there was ever a silver lining in the Warriors' struggles lately, it's been Moses Moody. He came alive Thursday night in Dallas, where he scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, going 5-5 five of five from the field in 15 minutes of play. Then, last night against the Lakers, continued that, going 4-4, and played 20 minutes. Uh, Steve Kerr said he's he's earned the minutes. And just looking at the rotations, he has seemed to have taken the minutes that Damian Lee was getting. And rightfully so. When you watch Moses Moody play, there is a lot to appreciate. Um, he has a knack for getting the ball. Whether that's a rebound or a loose ball, he dives on the floor, he puts himself in the right position, he boxes out, he fights for position. I mean, these are little things, but they are winning plays. And we've already seen him make winning plays, again, going back to the game in San Antonio, where he was able to come up with a loose ball that gave Jordan Poole a three-pointer to take the lead, and we ultimately won that game. So I love that. That's really great for Moody and his confidence. His three-point stroke looks great. He's had some thunderous dunks, attacking the hoop. The defense has been good. And so you're really starting to see his confidence come out and the coaching staff and his teammates recognizing that and giving him um, props, you know, and, and giving him kind of encouragement to continue that. And you can see very quickly that there's a role for him. Again, you know, I love Damian Lee and, and he's got the the Steph brother-in-law thing going for him. And maybe he knows Steve Kerr's system a little bit more. He's more veteran. But Moses Moody is clearly more explosive than Damian Lee. And so that's been really great to see. Uh, he's gotten a start um, the last few games. And in, in the games where Clay Thompson was out due to illness, he was starting over Jordan Poole. Um and and so, you know, love to see the rookie play well. It remains to be seen if he's going to have a role come playoff time. But, um, you know, you can see that the coaching staff, the front office, they are getting a long look at their young players. And it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors play out the rest of the season, um, depending on when Draymond Green comes back and how healthy he is and how ready to go, how how ready is he to hit the ground running and how quickly are the Warriors able to reverse these issues defensively and go on a run to be ready for the postseason? And then how successful do they end up being in the postseason? So, you know, there's going to be some interesting questions for this team. Um it's going to drive the decisions that they want to make in the offseason, the guys that they want to keep or not keep. So, yeah, we're losing games. Yeah, it's been hard to watch. And, and we get out to leads, and then we're throwing leads away. And Steph Curry's not scoring 40 points like we'd like him to. And Jordan Poole's up and down. And Andrew Wiggins can't hit a free throw for his life. And Clay Thompson's become a volume shooter, a volume inefficient shooter again. And our defense is just atrocious, but the rookies continue to get opportunities, which is going to be very important for this team, which, again, has been doing this win now and develop young players at the same time type of mentality. And, 
you know the warriors are 15 deep and so who's gonna stick around next year who's gonna stick around in two years three years um and so giving moody and kaminga opportunity and kaminga we didn't even really get to talk about in this last 10 game streak but these are important decisions that the front office is going to have to make and they are getting glimpses of what these guys can offer them and you know it'll just be interesting to see how all of that shakes out so looking ahead to some of the warriors upcoming games here the schedule does not get any nicer for them warriors play at denver on monday followed by at home against the los angeles clippers and then on thursday at denver again home versus milwaukee washington boston and san antonio before going back on the road to face orlando miami atlanta washington memphis so and to make matters worse because the denver game was the rescheduled game from earlier this season if you remember there was controversy um earlier in the season warriors were scheduled to play the denver nuggets there was a big snafu with health and safety protocols denver ended up missing a lot of their main guys they decided to postpone the game so this is that postponed game um steve kerr has already ruled out steph curry andrew wiggins and clay thompson for that game in denver so yikes (laughs) all right that's gonna be a tough one um and then you've got the clippers who have been a tough a tough opponent for the Warriors this season, followed by another game against Denver, Milwaukee, Boston. One of the hotter teams in the league right now are the Celtics. So yeah, only three games ahead of the Utah Jazz. You're going to have to start winning eventually. But like we said, unless the defense makes some remarkable turnarounds, um, it's going to be tricky. Ah, yes. I wanted to circle back to something that I mentioned earlier in the show, and that is Steph Curry. So, after the game last night against the Lakers, Steph Curry said that he is going back to the 12-6 uh, playing time rotation. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a lot of controversy this season. Historically, Steph Curry, Steph Curry's rotation in games has been play the entire first and third and play half of the second and fourth. And the reasoning behind that for Curry is he has trained his body to basically get like second and third wind. So for him to play the entire stretch the first, he thrives because that is his strength, is conditioning and and the state of his body and his ability to retain um, slowness of breath, even with exerting a lot of energy. And also kind of with that goes under understated that you know if you play like the lakers they have an avery bradley or minnesota they have a patrick beverly those guys don't typically play the same way so if curry plays a 12 minute uh, stint in the first and he's getting hounded by beverly at some point typically halfway or three quarters of the way through the quarter that guy's gonna sit And then Steph Curry can go on a run and score 10 points in in 90 seconds to close out the quarter. And so that's been an advantage for Curry 
Um, but this year, missing Clay Thompson and tinkering with rotations and kind of a new fresh perspective on things, the coaching staff has gotten away from that and they've kind of been messing with Steph Curry's minutes and rotation, um, his rhythm, his shooting, blah, 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 blah. Not really going to drill into all that, but the point is um, Steph Curry made the comment last night and then Steve Kerr today um, kind of seconded that, seconded that he is going to continue to play Steph Curry that in those 18 minute bursts um, or with one break. So, you know, he might play 10 break eight or he might play 12 break six. The specifics will kind of be on a game by game basis, but he's not going to have two breaks per half. It's going to be one break. And so now that Clay Thompson's back and getting more consistent minutes in the rotation, and all of that, they want to get Steph Curry back into his rhythm and role that you'd kind of expect him to fit into come playoff time. And so it's happened before. It happened last season. Um, it didn't help the Warriors win last night because he did do that 12-6 um, stint last night. But maybe this gets Curry going. Maybe, you know, Steph Curry takes it upon himself to help the Warriors get out of this streak, get out of this fourth worst defense in the league. And and sometimes that starts with offensive efficiency because if you're just putting up a ton of bad shots and the other team's getting out in transition and getting easy looks, I mean, everything, everything kind of comes together. When your offense struggles, your defense struggles. When your defense struggles, your offense struggles. And once you start really struggling, it starts to become habitual. You start to pick up bad habits. You start to mentally become fatigued and oh here we go again we're oh here we go again in the fourth quarter not being able to execute and so Steph Curry really kind of said last game at the end of last game that you know we're not going to let this become a trend we're not going to let this become the norm we're not going to let this losing streak continue and so it'll be interesting to see if this rotation change in his minute allotment helps unlock him because we clearly need something and short of everyone remembering how to play team defense again um, it's really going to require Curry, Thompson, Poole, Wiggins to really all show up and score 20 points a game Um, and if three of those guys do and one doesn't it might not be enough because you're not getting enough from the bench you're not getting 10 points consistently from Gary Payton you're not getting 10 points from Bielitsa. You're not getting 10 points from Otto Porter. It's really those four guys. Um, or the Warriors remember how to play defense again and start focusing on stopping the other team. But that hasn't been the case yet. So until we see that return to defensive um, dominance that they had really imposed on the league through the first you know, two-thirds of the season, it's going to be about who shows up to score offensively because otherwise... We don't really have a chance. So with that, I just want to say quickly before we sign off, we also want to remind you all to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at MyBookie.ag. Use code HoopBall on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses. Once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a Sports Ethos presentation. 
I'm your host, Sam Orlick. You can follow me at Twitter at SD Orlick. Thanks for tuning in today, and please subscribe, rate, and review the show.